everybody, and welcome to episode 60 of Therapy Thoughts with Lindsay. And of course, as always, Randy Cash is there in computer land. Hey. Hey, what's up? How are <laughs> you doing? You're all you what, married. How am I That's, doing? I'm yeah. fine. How's married life treating you? Married life. <laughs> it's a, it's officially, what, two and a half weeks of married life? There's something like yeah. that? Seems like yeah. 10 years, doesn't it? It does not seem like <laughs> not in a bad way anyway. Oh, uh, congratulations again, man. I love you both. Congratulations oh, again. Well, thank you. And You're we welcome. love you. That is awesome. Yes, it has been it has been an awesome couple of weeks. And yeah, it's kind of crazy to think that we're we're two weeks into the first month. So there you go. Yeah, well, it's almost Christmas, so yeah, you got that to look forward to. Anyway. I don't suppose you took any assessments this week, did you? That would be killing the bit, and I cannot be killing the bit. <laughs> one of these days, Randy Cash, one of these days. I'm actually getting an additional certification on that whole disc thing that we've talked about. So at some point, you're just going to have to like at least kill the bit on that one because I have to assess you in like the whole big, you know, podcast land. But we'll save that for the new year. We'll save okay. that. Okay. That'd be my New Year's resolution. My to New actually Year's, do your yeah. assessment? Yeah. Okay, good. Okay, good. You'll you'll actually do the assessments I've asked you to do. That sounds like a good that sounds pretty good. I'm okay with it. So today we are continuing our discussion on the different types of languages. So going back a few weeks, we were talking all about the love languages and the different ways that they show up in your relationship. Well, then last week we dug into the anger languages. And so the anger languages are really a way that we, I don't say a way, it, it's we all show anger in different ways. I can say it like that. And there's not one right or wrong way to do it. But what we talked a lot about was the idea that anger is actually a secondary emotion and it's tied to some other emotion beneath the surface. So what, what I want to talk about today is moving into the concept of the apology language. So if you want to imagine it like this, the love languages is how you want to receive love. The anger languages often show up when the love languages aren't being met. And then the apology languages bring it back full circle, using the love languages as an anchoring point to help your significant other feel loved and cared for. And is kind of a way to reset things so that it doesn't just feel all backwards and complicated all the time. So we've got the love languages, the anger languages, and the apology languages, and they all overlap. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing all about them. <laughs> I love the fact that last week you were pretty uh, convinced that you have all of the anger languages that have shown up at different times in your life. So I'll be curious to know how you think you gen generally sort of apologize when, when need be. Okay. Um, so like Pee Wee Herman in uh, that one movie. I'm I'm awful sorry. <laughs> so you just kind of say that. Okay. So yeah, here like here's what's interesting about that. So just simply expressing regret is actually where you look at the person, you you give them a genuine "I'm sorry." You you just acknowledge that your actions, your behaviors, your words, whatever it is, has caused harm, and it's very simple, to the point, and direct. It's not about trying to fix anything. It's not about trying to necessarily do anything other than just express the fact that you are regretful for your behavior and you're you're apologizing for it very directly. Okay, so then if we kind of build on that, 
The next one would be accepting responsibility. And this is where not only are you going to admit, hey, I'm sorry, my bad, I did that thing, whatever that thing is that I shouldn't have done. You are also going to acknowledge that you are wrong. This is sort of, you know, from the anger languages, there's one where it's I'm right, you're wrong. From an accepting responsibility perspective in the apology languages, it's actually about saying, hey, look, I'm wrong. That's my bad. You know, that's on me. And that is actually really difficult for a lot of people to do, to actually stand up and say, I was wrong. That is my bad. I am sorry. It's almost like they feel like, if I say I'm wrong, it somehow puts a mark against me and it takes me like down a peg. And then it's very difficult to feel balanced after that. So accepting responsibility is pretty simple in theory, but it may not be easy for every person to do. One thing you want to keep in mind, though, is that when you're accepting responsibility, you don't want to tap into that justification like we talked about in the anger languages because the justification really gets in the way of accepting responsibility. It's almost like you say, I'm sorry, but. And the minute you say but, it kind of negates the apology and you're about to say how you really feel. And I will tell you, I have seen this play out clinically and it's not ideal. It's really not ideal. Just not at all. Um. Okay, so then if we keep moving through them, we have making restitution. So unlike the accepting responsibility, when making restitution, you're actually going to not only say I'm sorry, but you may offer some level of justification or explanation, but it can't be a blaming thing. Like you may say, look, I misunderstood something and I did X, Y, and Z. That's that's an ex explanation of your behavior. You're not going to look at someone and say, hey, I did X, Y, and Z and it's your fault. See how there's a difference in those two things? One of them is actually saying, I am sorry and I want to make it up to you. The other one is saying, I'm sorry and I'm going to blame you for it. I don't I don't recommend that. It's kind of like when you pray when something's wrong and you say, God, I'm really sorry. If you if you help me out this one time, I promise I'm never going to do it again. But as long as you let me off the hook this one time, you know, it's kind of like that, right? That's actually a pretty good ex explanation of what I mean. Yeah, it's kind of that like I'm, I'm not actually making a real apology. I'm just trying to get you off my back and kind of get you to stop talking about it. So I'm going to say I'm sorry, but I'm not actually going to do what's required, you know, in that moment to actually make good on it. So that's the reason that making or, uh, you know, restitution is actually important because now you're saying I did wrong. I recognize that I'm acknowledging it. And how can I make it up to you? Now, here's one of the cool things about when you're when you're trying to, you know, make restitution or something like that. You can use the love language that you know about your partner to sort of make that restitution. So a great example to think about is let's say that you've really hurt your partner's feelings and you've accepted responsibility for it. I'm not suggesting every time you have a small disagreement, you have to run out and spend lots of money on a gift. But let's say the, the very next time you're at the store, you see a card or you see a candy bar or something that you could pick them up and maybe a little note that says, hey, really sorry about the other day want you to know how much I love and care for you. And if gifts is their love language, that's a great way to do it. But you want to think about if I'm making restitution for behaviors or actions or words or whatever it is, what is their love language and how can I make it up to them using the apology language of making restitution? I think people would just generally like to feel that you are 
making an effort to say and show that you're genuinely sorry, you know, even if you don't get a gift or anything, if you just find the way to express that you're really sorry, I think that's really what anybody's actually looking for. Are you sure you're not reading my script? Because guess what's next is the concept of genuine repentance. This is where you are focusing on acknowledging your behavior, you're apologizing for it, and you are actually explaining how you want to make changes in the future. It's not the, I'm going to apologize now and then do the same thing tomorrow. It's the, I'm going to apologize now, and then I'm actually going to join with you and try to come up with a solution so that you don't continue repeating the same problems. Um, This one is more focused on fixing things where the very first one of expressing regret is more about just giving voice to the I'm sorry. The genuine repentance starts to talk about not only I'm sorry, but how the heck are we going to fix this? And when I talk about the concept of being on the same team with your partner, we're going to dig more into that next week. But when I talk about that idea, all of these overlap to help you reset to remember, hey, we're in this together. You know, we can have disagreements. We can maybe not get along for some reason. And it doesn't have to be a reason for us to completely fall apart. Yeah, it's us. You know, when I, I don't know, when I'm with somebody, I think of things as a gr- us be, when I go to make decisions or I maybe want to plan something. I, you know, that's kind of the hard thing about being in a relationship is you have to change your focus from being me to mm-hmm. being us. Yes, absolutely. And taking into account someone else's feelings and wants and needs and what it is that's going to work for them. So as you're having conversations about the love languages and recognizing how the anger languages might show up, learning how to apologize in a language that works for your relationship is the next piece of that puzzle. So then ultimately where we get to is the requesting forgiveness. So now we've apologized, we've accepted responsibility, we have tried to make restitution, we have really repented for whatever the behaviors are that we've done, and now we're going to directly ask for forgiveness. We're going to say, you know, I'm I'm telling you how I feel, I'm telling you I'm sorry, and I'm going to give you the space if you need it to think about how you feel about things. I'm not going to force your hand. I am just going to tell you that I'm sorry. I'm going to give you the space that you need, and I'm going to ask you to forgive me for those behaviors. Now, this might be easier said than done if this is a repeating offense. Like, let's say it's something that's happening on a repetitive basis. Well, then that's where we have to go back and say, so are you genuinely repenting for this thing? Or are you just saying sorry to get the conversation to go away? Because if you're going to ask for forgiveness, you need to be prepared to actually make some changes in your life and in your relationship. Is there uh, like, is it a point where it's like too soon to be asking for forgiveness? You know what I mean? Is there like a, I don't mean like there's a designated four day waiting period or anything like that, but I mean, you kind of have to feel it out within your situation, right? That it might yeah, be a little I, too soon sometimes maybe. I think depending on what the offense is, you know, like if it's something small, like, you know, I said something that hurt your feelings and it was kind of a, a minor offense. That might be something where you check yourself and you say, look, I'm really sorry about that. I had a terrible day at work and I should not have taken it out on you. Can you please forgive me for that? And if you need to go cool down for a little bit in the back or go to your go to your area of the house or whatever, go do that. And then maybe we can reset in a bit. I think that's a simple way to do it. If it's a really 
big offense, it might need longer of a cool down period. There might need to be more processing involved. There might need to be more communicating involved. And you can't demand forgiveness. If you look at someone and tell them, well, I'm over it, you should be. That's essentially kind of, I don't know, it's kind of taking some of the authenticity out of the equation and it's not allowing them to come to a place of forgiveness on their own. It's actually causing them to feel like an obligation to now forgive you. So when you ask like, is there a designated amount of time that you should expect this all to take? It's really going to be situational. You know, like every situation may have a different length of time, but you do want to make sure that you're allowing adequate time for everyone to be on the same page and for there not to be any, uh, I guess, residual feelings of hurt that are still lingering. Now, on the other end of this, if you're in a situation where someone is apologizing to you and you're wanting to hold it against them or keep score or not forgive them, that's also worth looking at. That's also worth being like, so what's keeping me from actually accepting this apology? Am I, am I wanting to hold on to it because I want some power? Am I wanting to hold on to it because I want to feel better than? Am I just hurt so much that I don't want to let go of it yet? It's also important to acknowledge not just the person doing the apologizing, but the person receiving the apology. How is that landing and what does that feel like? Yeah, because when somebody screws up and you can hold it over them, that is a really powerful bargaining chip. It is, but I don't know how healthy it is. It's like, I get it. It is a, it is like a really powerful bargaining chip, especially if the offense is really deemed to be a really big thing. But I just don't know that in the big picture that that's super, super helpful for the movement forward. Because if we're staying stuck on whatever the mistake is and we're not making active efforts to change and, and you know, move into a different point of functioning, then we are going to feel like we're staying stuck. So it's a balancing act. It's not about just continually letting someone off the hook, especially if they've made the same mistakes on a repeated basis, but it is about learning how to communicate about these things. And so that's the reason that my relationship communication guide, that there'll be a link in the description of this video, is a helpful way to start because not only are you getting in touch with what it is you need to say, but you're learning a new way to talk about it so that the conversation doesn't fall flat, it doesn't turn into an argument as easily, and it actually is productive. Yeah, well, you either need to learn how to communicate better and change your behavior or learn how to lie better. No, no, don't <laughs> do that. Mr. Cash, no, we are not. No, that is not what we're doing. We are not doing that. Oh my goodness. No, we're not. We're not encouraging people to learn how to lie better. We are encouraging people to learn how to take responsibility for their actions so that they can have a much more effective relationship in the long haul. Exactly. Well, <laughs> you can find me on the Instagrams at rcashcomedy. Thank you very much. Awesome. You can follow along with everything I've got going on on my website. It's lindsaywalden.com. All of the info about past blog episodes, past podcast episodes, all of those things can be found there. You can also find me on social media platforms. On Facebook, I'm at Lindsay Walden Consulting. On Instagram, it's at this is Lindsay Walden. On in, uh, Pinterest, it's Therapy Thoughts. And on TikTok, it's at this is Lindsay Walden. Until next week, I do hope you keep living your best life and building the relationship of your dreams. And we will be back with more.